This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you at 8 a.m. once again. It's still painful. It's genuinely still painful. Woke up this morning and yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't get over the game yesterday still. It's really, really, really frustrating. But we are going to power through. There's a little bit that we need to talk about regarding the game. And then we're going to go into the usual transfer stuff. Of course, if you're new to the show, this is our show at 8am, in which we go through all the latest Arsenal news. And of course, with it being January, we go through plenty of transfer news as well. So make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, And we kick off by letting you know, as always, to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. We did a fantastic reaction show, me and Chris, yesterday, if I do say so myself. In fact, just checking it, it must be over about, yeah, I mean, uh, 9,000 people have tuned in for that. And considering we only started this channel six months ago, it's great to see kind of how far the Arsenal way has come. So thank you so much. You can also go and watch uh, uh, Albert Stuvenberg or Stuvenberg's reaction to the game in his press conference. So you can check all that out there. Um, good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Morning to Matt, Kaiser, Adam, Social. Uh, we've got Shane. We've got uh, Jonathan, Paul. We've got Ify. We've got Stevie. We've got Owen. Owen, wow. Owen, getting up at... No. Owen, you don't get up this early. Come on, be real. Uh, <laughs> good morning to Sam. Good morning to uh, Tom. We've got Bongo. We've got uh, Peter. Uh, Darren, we've got Patrick Carlson and so many more of you as well. Thank you so much as always guys for tuning in. I love the fact that you tune in and just wish everyone a good morning. I think it shows the community that we're building here and thank you so much for always being part of it as well. Thank you so much. We've got Ratha Varys, Emily Nelson, uh, Sadiq, Zlatko, uh, Alistair as well. Thank you so much guys uh, for tuning in. Uh, Let's go on to the first story of the day, which as I did say and promised, we would very briefly be talking about um, just kind of the reaction to yesterday's penalty and the decision. A number of people pointed out kind of the issues that were going on during the game and Cesc Fabregas got into a few online Twitter arguments, which I found quite refreshing. Um, And there was still disagreement. I mean, Henry Winter there, for instance, tweeting that he, he felt like both of the penalties should have been 
overturned, uh, even the Xhaka one, but obviously only one of them did. Most people thought that neither of them, um, or rather one of them was a penalty, being the the Erdogan incident, and then Xhaka's not so much a penalty. It's just frustrating. It was a, It's one of those games where you're going to look back and go, if Martinelli scores the open goal, Gabriel doesn't get sent off. Um, but I think what I said yesterday, and I'm not really going to spend too much time on this because I want to go through the transfer news, but I kind of maintain what I said yesterday in the sense that you've got to take the positives. You've got to look at how we performed, how far we've come, uh, what Mikel Arteta has instilled in this side. I mean, Mikel Arteta didn't even have to be there and his team were able to kind of deliver what we've seen of Mikel Arteta's teams in the last fair few games. Exactly the same kind of performance and intensity as we saw against Southampton and uh, West Ham and Leeds and, and Norwich City as well. Everything that we've seen in those games, we saw again in the game against Man City. We didn't fear them. We we paid them a, a level of respect still as you would, um, but we were. I mean, I, I saw a brilliant clip. I can't give the credit. Someone tweeted a clip of like ten minutes of sustained pressure on Man City, and that's not something that you see every team do every week. So that in itself was was brilliant. And uh, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to seeing the next game and getting to Thursday and doing all of that stuff because. It's nice to be an Arsenal fan again. Let's let's just say that. Let's move on, though, to the first story of the day. And uh, the Spanish Spanish media are actually reporting and questioning Real Madrid's decision to sell Martin Odegaard to Arsenal, which is glorious. I love that. I love the fact that they were questioning it. It kind of goes to show how right we were to make this decision to sign Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid. It's not a massive transfer line. I wanted to include the story because it is quite funny. Um and yeah, it's great to see that the Spanish media are, are questioning Real Madrid's decision to move on Art Erdegaard because he would easily be getting in their team this season, that's for sure. And he's been brilliant since signing for Arsenal. So I did just want to touch on that story that came out. Now, we begin really with the transfer lines of following Balogun. Uh, he is set to leave the club on loan, of course, and the expectation is that he is going to be going... Uh, probably most likely to the championship or maybe abroad. Uh, A Premier League move does not look like the most likely destination for Balogun. The most likely place that he'll probably end up is, from the looks of things right now, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough have emerged as one of the key forward uh, kind of runners in the race for Balogun's signature in the last six months of his contract. That's really, really positive. I think it would be a good move for him. I think it would suit him. But if it was to say, you know, Saint-Étienne are looking at the player and they're looking to try and bring him in, I think that that would also be a very decent move. Play abroad, get that experience, playing in kind of one of the Europe's elite leagues. No matter what you may think of Liga, it's still very much um, the the way forwards, that's for sure. Um, Let's go into the chat box and see what we're thinking about that. Let's not... Come on, keep your politics out of the chat box. I'm not siding with anyone in this instance. We're talking about football. Um, so let's let's talk about football, please, guys. Um, in terms of moving forwards to Ollie Watkins. Uh, Ollie Watkins, of course, is a player that we know has been linked with Arsenal for some time. And I think that personally, what we're going to look at is a player that is going to take that next step in his career. And I look forward to seeing him take that next step in his career because it could be at Arsenal. And that's why I think we can get most excited over this situation is Arsenal, according to ESPN, are targeting Oli Watkins because they see him as a possible replacement for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, which is a topic that we're going to talk about in just a couple of seconds' time. 
Um, and we look specifically at Ollie Watkins as a player and as someone who I believe can take that next step to to go into playing for a top six club and be a consistent goal scorer. I think that when you look at the options that are out there, your Watkins, your Calvert-Lewis, your Isaacs, your Vlaoviches, um, your Jonathan Davids, if Arsenal can end up signing another Premier League option from one of their rivals, it would prove to be a really solid move. I favour Calvert-Lewin over Watkins, but if you were saying to me that he is one that we would be looking to bring in, I'd be absolutely fine with that because I think he is and can be in that echelon of strikers that we talk about. He's not my pri- he's not my primary. He's not um, he's not my favourite, but he is in the bracket of strikers that I'd be very very happy with seeing Arsenal sign for the club. And I think that's ultimately what I want to see from Arsenal is them be ambitious and go after a striker of one of their rivals that's going to cost a decent amount of money, that's going to be at the club for a very long time. And whether you can get him in January, as Matt G asks, I'm not sure if you're going to be hey, if you're going to be able to do that because I'm not sure that Villa are going to want to sell him in January. I don't think they're going to want to sell him at all anyway. But you're going to be able to put down a certain amount of money that's going to get him in the club, and it's going to cost you. I mean, they paid what thirty odd million for him, so they're not going to expect accept anything less than probably 45, 50 mil to get him into the club, which is a lot. Uh, I mean, Sam, Watkins is 26. I think that's kind of the maximum age I would be looking at bringing in a striker because it doesn't kind of close down the idea of any sell-on value, but it does mean that you still get a striker for the next five or so years. We'd sign Lacazette around 25, 26. If you can get four or five good seasons from him, it doesn't stop you from signing another striker in two or three years' time either. It's a striker that I would be happy if we signed. But I do, as I say, think there are other options out there that would also be very, very good and probably maybe even better that we could target. And now this does link into Aubameyang's future. And the Mirror reported yesterday evening that Newcastle United are interested in taking Aubameyang on loan for the rest of the season. Um, I sat on the Arsenal lounge with Mo and I remember saying that I would be shocked if Newcastle would come in for a Bamiang. I just didn't think he would want to go. I didn't think that they would want to pay what it would take to get him. I thought they would look at other options in the striking department. But I think that a Bamiang is a player that pff, we're going to have to find a club that's going to be willing to pay his wages. Newcastle have a lot of money now. Are they going to pay those wages? Yes, they probably would pay those wages. I don't think he'd want to go there. If he does go to Newcastle, I think that says far more about Aubameyang than it does about anything else because he should be looking to move to somewhere like a Juve, move to somewhere like a Barca, just move to somewhere where he can continue to play at the top level because he is, for all intents and purposes, still a very, very solid, strong striker. But the story is that Newcastle want to bring him in on loan with an option of a £20 million buy uh, for the summer. That doesn't suit Arsenal, really. I mean, if you're going to do that, you need to find some way of making it an obligatory purchase. I'd lower it to £10 million and say, if you want him on loan this season, you've got to buy him for £10 million in the summer. That's how this is going to work. But Newcastle... It makes sense in the in the sense that they, they need to add goals and they need to try and save themselves. But if a Bamiang's moving to Newcastle before the end of the before the end of January window, I would be absolutely shocked. And I think it's, it would say far more about him and kind of you know the money side of things than his own ambitions and what he's ever wanted. 
And that's probably not fair um, to represent his career with an ending at Newcastle in a relegation slap. Uh, slap? <laughs> Scrap. <laughs> I don't think that this is going to be a move that happens. But if it does, I would be very judgmental of the decision-making processes behind it. But it would be very suitable for Arsenal. Uh, and if it was happening, I'd absolutely back it. And I'd be like, yeah, this is great. Like Newcastle are going to get a player that can hopefully take points off our rivals. He won't be able to be used against us. Great. I think that works a lot, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, that's the end of the news. So if we do have any questions from the chat box that you'd like to throw in, then do throw them into the chat box and we'll go through as many of them as feasibly possible. Okay, let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying. Um, Sam says, with our position in the league and our current form performance-wise, how much would that how much will that help us in terms of attracting talent, specifically in the winter window? Uh, Sam, I think that it's gonna help us a lot. I think if we'd have seen where we were last season, I think we were something like 16th before we played Chelsea on Boxing Day. And you look at where we are now, a team that looks like they're going to get into the uh, Europa League. We've got a chance of getting into the Champions League. We're in the semi-final of a cup competition. I think all of these things can help Arsenal convince the project that is underway at the club and that the club can sign a player or the player can come into a club that is you know, progressing and is going to be going forwards. So yes, I do think that it will really help Arsenal's cause and it's a credit to Mikel Arteta and his team and the players for getting us into that position. Uh, Yosef says, Tom, have you ever seen a referee get into the box as the way the referee interfered with Martinelli's chance? That should be reviewed and he should not referee a game ever again. Uh, <laughs> obviously, that's quite the far end of the spectrum. But no, I've not personally seen that. It was ridiculous. He should be accountable. He should face punishment. He won't. It's just the way we've come to expect uh, the way in which this this game works is that there's no accountability for officials. I learned yesterday that apparently he was banned or something for like three plus years from the Premier League and has worked his way back up. How? How has he worked his way back up? I don't know. Because <laughs> if he's putting in performances like that as an official, how he's been, I suppose, I mean, there can't be much competition if we look at the current crop of referees that are in the in the Premier League right now, can there? That's what you have to say. Drew says, Reed Balogun, not to disrespect the championship, but how much of an upgrade is it over 20? A big upgrade, Drew. An absolutely massive upgrade on on youth football. I mean, if you if you look at the fact that no youth side has ever got to the final of the uh, the EFL trophy, I mean, and that's only League One and League Two teams, and no youth side has ever got to the final of that competition. So yes, it's a much much higher. Plus, most of the teams in the Championship Drew have been in the Premier League. Most, I mean, if you go down the the, the table of the of the Championship. Most of the teams in that league have been in the Premier League. Bournemouth, Fulham, Blackburn, West Brom, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, QPR, Stoke. Um, Coventry, I think, back in the day were as well. Uh, Millwall, uh, Blackpool have. Sheffield United, of course, got relegated last season. Uh, Swansea, Birmingham, Hull, Cardiff, Reading, Derby, who are currently bottom. Yes, it's a much, much, much more competitive, higher quality than 
youth football, Drew. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Virash says, Abamyang is a grown man. He's responsible for his own actions. If he's wrong, own it. If he's right, talk about it and fix it. Matt says, Tom, do you feel we should target a world-class referee instead of a central midfielder? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, Wayne says, how concrete is the Gamarish talk? I mean, I've only seen the Gamarish talk from two outlets, one being Globo Sport in Brazil, which... You know, I, I have more faith in a Brazilian outlet reporting on a Brazilian player than I would say a French outlet or a Spanish outlet. Uh, well, maybe not French because obviously he's playing for Leon, but for a Spanish outlet or a German outlet or an Italian outlet kind of reporting on a player in another league of another nation moving to another country. So I have an element of, you know, faith in that. And then Nicolo Shearer is the other person who has reported the story. Hit and miss. Um, I can't really say much more. Um, so I would say it's one to sit on the fence about Wayne. So as always, take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, isn't Ketia gone, says Patrick. Uh, I think that it's, I think that unless we sign a striker, he'll stay. Um, I don't think he'll leave in January because we'll be left with just Lacazette. I, d I don't see us signing a striker in January, to be honest. It could happen, but my expectation is we'll sign a midfielder. I don't think we'll sign a striker. But hey, it could happen. And if it does, Nketiah will then be allowed to leave. Uh, Manu says, Xhaka played really well yesterday, apart from that Xhaka moment he had. What are, the biggest qualities, what are his biggest qualities? And can Lukonga become that and more? In short, Xhaka's biggest quality is always going to be his leadership in terms of his communication with his players. We know that to be good. If you're doubting his communication with other players, I'm sorry, but it's just... It's not a stick you can beat him with. You can beat, you can you can grab a stick that's all labelled with his faults in regards to loss of concentration, his rash mannerisms, uh, it's just the silly decisions that he makes in games. The fact that he's rash, that's never going to change. That's part of his his personality. But his leadership, his communication, his passing are all very good. Lukonga can be that and more. Lukonga's already been the captain at Anderlecht. He's already been a brilliant passer for Arsenal. I mean, his best game in an Arsenal shirt came for me against Aston Villa. It was in the top three of five passing combinations in the team that day. It was brilliant on the left-hand side. He can become that. I think he's shown versatility as well. He can play as a lone six. He can play on the right of central midfield. He can play on the left of central midfield. Yes, Lukonga. And we're going to see Lukonga now because Lukonga is going to have to come into the team to replace Thomas Partey. So we're going to see him and I'm looking forward to seeing it because he's a great player and I still don't get why he was dropped. I know that it was to bring Xhaka back in, but he didn't deserve to be dropped and we lost him against Man United. We lost him against Everton and we lost both those games. I still can't get my head around it. Andy Hunter says, why is there nothing clubs can do about the refs? Because, I mean, it's just it's it's not really a discussion where I can sit here and give you a long list of reasons why they can't. It's just one of those where you're like, the answer is obvious. The answer should be obvious to you why there's nothing they can do. You can't give the, the or rather, you, I would, but the authorities at B can't give the, they cannot give the clubs more authority over the referees. Um, and that's unfortunate because at the moment they deserve to, they deserve to be able to challenge. I mean, Newcastle put in a complaint recently about the referees. Nothing will change. Nothing will change. It will continue on this track until someone new comes in into the Premier League and says, this isn't good enough and that things need to change. 
so that's that's just a situation we find ourselves in at the moment um dave uh petting zoo <laughs> says uh tom is that re- is that actually your surname dave i mean i'm sorry if it is <laughs> but that's brilliant uh but dave says tom do you think arsenal go hard at liverpool in carabao cup seeing as we have had a decent rest or do we give players like pepe a run due to the heavy reliance on non-afcon players I think that we do have to go hard on the Carabao Cup first leg because the second leg is the game before Spurs. And we are going to have to rotate players in the second leg at Anfield because we need to save some players for the Spurs game. Form goes out the window against Spurs, doesn't matter how bad they've been, doesn't matter how good we've been. It goes out the door and we have to win that game. I'm not talking about we have to draw it or avoid losing. We have to beat Spurs. The pressure is on us in that game to win it. They can afford to drop points because they're ahead of us if they win their games in hand, which I know is a big if. But losing today, then winning yesterday, we can't afford that. So we think we go hard against Liverpool in the first leg at home, get that win done. We've got Forest at the weekend. We can go strong in that first leg, try and get a good win, get a fair few goals against a changed Liverpool team because they're playing Chelsea today. They're going to have to rest players. They're going to have to rotate. They're going to be without Mane and Salah and Cater. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I would go as strong as possible in the first leg. Play a change team with Pepe and the like against Forest. A game that I'm still hoping to go to, fingers crossed, barring any restrictions that come out in the UK. But I'm hoping to go to the Forest game. So if you're going to the Forest game, let me know. Um, but in regards, yeah, I, I think that we have to go hard in that first leg. And then the se- second leg, we can rotate more if we've got a good result in the first one. Uh, Chien Dozi says, will you put us strong against... Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, sorry, in the first leg, yes. In the second leg, I'd be more open to rotation. Uh, Rich says, would prefer Balogun to go to a Bundesliga over France personally, but as long as he gets game time and improves, I'm happy. Uh, Tom, I'm scrolling down quite a bit now because I know I sometimes miss a lot of more recent questions. We have a good relationship with Real Madrid. Are there talks on going for Luka Jovic? There are reports, according to Defensa Central, that Arsenal are you know, interested in taking Jovic on loan, but beyond that, I've heard nothing else on that one. Uh, Vegas Gunner, thank you so much for the uh, donation. Hi, Tom. Do you think Rob Holding gets some blame for the last goal? He's awful in the air. Um, I mean, I haven't, I mean, to be honest, the, the, the goals of the game have actually kind of gone out of my mind. So I can't, I can't look, feel it back in my head straight away. But I did see someone leave a comment on my video yesterday saying that holding should have headed it out instead of heading it kind of up or backwards. He's not the best in the air defensively Um, in these moments. He's quite good dealing with crosses where he kind of just heads them away, but they're usually in less high pressure situations, high pressure headers holding isn't that great. So, but we had to bring him on. I mean, arguably you could point to Gabriel and say that if Gabriel hadn't been silly with his second yellow, the first yellow is ridiculous because I've now had it looked back at and it is apparently for descent. And, you know, he was pushed into the referee by Mares. That's a joke, absolute joke. But the second yellow is silly from him on Gabriel Jesus. That is a second yellow. Jesus is away and clear. It's a yellow for anyone else. It was a second yellow, but it shouldn't be a second yellow because he shouldn't have had the first one. Anyway, if he's not done that, he's on the pitch instead of holding and probably deals with the header a lot better because that is something that Gabriel does very well. So I think that's where you're going to point any fingers, point them there. Yosef says the scheduling for the Cowboy Cup is poor. Spurs play Wednesday. We play Thursday. Why is the world against us? I mean... I think it's something to do with, obviously, the scheduling of the FA Cup game the day before, but 
it, it is what it is at the end of the day. It is what it is. Uh, John says, one thing was perfectly clear from yesterday. City were extremely lucky to win the match. Arsenal are on the upswing and the crowd reaction after the game reflected the pride of that performance. What's your question, John? <laughs> but no, I absolutely agree with you, mate. You're spot on. Um, Ian says, absolutely correct. He cannot head a ball out of the danger zone because of the techniques are not good enough. He has the height. Um, I mean, we're getting Saliba back next. Uh, we're getting Saliba back next season, and he's going to take that place of holding. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Saliba can do. Uh, Aussie Guna says, hey, Tom, would you be able to do a tactical breakdown on Enesri? From my limited research, he seems the perfect player for our project, but I'd rather see your breakdown. If the link increases, if there is kind of a stronger link to the player, I will do one. I'm currently in the process of trying to look at a, a Bruno Gimaraes update. I'm going to try and get that to you next week. Uh, what day? Is it Sunday? Yeah, so next week. Sometime next week we'll be having, maybe even tomorrow, we'll be having a Bruno Gimaraes breakdown. So uh, I look forward to bringing you that. But if the increase in links intensifies for Inesri, we'll do a breakdown of him as well. Uh, Adam says, Tom, I'm not convinced with Balogun to Saint-Etienne. They're not playing well or creating many chances. Will he get enough minutes in a relegation scrap? It's a fair point. I do think, though, with Wabi Kazri, you can play him slightly deeper, play him behind Balogun. You add that player and suddenly things can change very quickly. So I think it would be a good experience for him. But there may be better opportunities out there, like a championship team or a Bundesliga team. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Dirk says, does Gabriel miss the Spurs game or just the next game? He misses Forest, I think. I don't think the League Cup games count, but I think it, the, the FA Cup game definitely counts. From everything I've known in the past, he will be suspended for the for the FA Cup game against Forest, as far as I'm aware. Um, Andy says, who out of a Bamiang Balogun and Eddie do you think will go uh, in January and who do you think will get as a replacement Laka can't last 90 minutes I think that Balogun will go I think that it's then a kind of it's it's between Abamyang and Eddie because if Abamyang leaves Eddie will stay if Eddie leaves Abamyang will stay I think that's probably what will end up happening because I just don't see us bringing in a replacement I I can't see it I think the strikers that we want are only going to be available in the summer. But things change very quickly. Hopefully, we do get someone in because it would be great and it would help us to go for the top four. But I'm not sure. I'm absolutely not sure. Uh, let's scroll down. Tim says, when the anger from the poor officiating has settled, what we saw was a 16-man city barely squeezing by a 10-man Arsenal. It's a really, well, it's a really, really good way of kind of putting up there. Tim, I can't disagree with you. Andy says, over 400 of you watching and less than 100 lights. Get it to 100 before the end of the stream, guys. Come on, guys. Uh, we're doing these shows every single day at 8 a.m. This is episode, what, 142? And I think we've done like 80-odd news shows. So drop a like on the video. Show your support for the channel. And, uh, and yeah, uh, Emily isn't... Oh, yes, Emily, you're absolutely right. Pepe wouldn't be able to play against Forrest. He wouldn't be able to play against Liverpool because he'll be going to the AFCON, as far as I'm aware. Very well pointed out. Atul says, we need Jack a replacement. We have at least 20 games because of him. Uh, we have at least lost 20 games, says Atul. 20? Can you name all 20? <laughs> I can name a fair few, but... Uh, 20 might be a bit far, but I agree with you. Like Svanberg has no sleep points out. He'd be someone that I would definitely be looking at to go for. Uh, Dirk says, what more do you think the fans can do to make the Emirates even more intimidating? And just 
I mean, they were brilliant yesterday. I can't really be critical of the crowd. Just keep the chanting up, keep the singing up, keep the intensity up, keep the momentum going. The Emirates has become a really big fortress for Arsenal this season. That's only our second loss in the league and it shouldn't have been a loss, let's be real. So it's it's been a great place for us. Adam E says, hi, Tom, any news about a right back? If so, do you think we should go for Dest? I think that Dest has got his issues. Clive, I know, is going to be all over uh, this, talking about how he's frustrated about Dest. But uh, I think that, I think that Dest is probably not the right choice. I think there are better options out there. Uh, but there is no news about a right back because until we move players on in that position, I don't think we'll sign any because we've got Chambers, we've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles still until he leaves, we've got Cedric. I just don't see us bringing in a right back because we've already got too many players in those positions. Um, Amir says, Hi Tom, my goal for this season was minimum top six. I won't attack the manager if he finishes fifth. It won't be fair. And neither would I, Amir, because that was my expectation at the start of the season was to get top six. If he gets top six, it's a good season. If we get top four, it's an amazing achievement. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can do that. Uh, when will Arteta return to the ch- touchline? I have no idea, Pranjal. It may not be for Liverpool. You would think it would be for Forest at the earliest, but that's probably about the, the isolation period we're expecting. Matt says, do you think anyone will be recalled from their loans as some don't seem to be getting a lot of game time? It's a good question, actually. Let's just have a look at the squad about who could be returning from loan this January. I doubt it. Runnison is playing um, now. He did get injured, but he is playing. Bellerin is playing. Saliba is playing. Ganduzi is playing and can't be recalled. Torreira is playing and can't be recalled. Mavropanos is playing and can't be recalled. Nelson um, Nelson is now playing at Feyenoord's and so won't be recalled. Academy. Uh, Ilyev, I don't know. Ballard is playing. Clark is playing. Smith, I don't know about Matt Smith. Matt Smith, Arsenal. Is he playing for is it Doncaster I think it is Doncaster he is playing so he will not be called back uh Jonathan Dinzayi uh where has he gone on loan let's have a quick check of him he's at Carlisle he isn't playing he could get recalled um I don't know if he's injured let's have a quick check is Dinzayi injured no he's just not been used so I imagine they might recall Jonathan Dinzayi I'll say Tutu I think is injured Aziz has started to play. John Jules, just having a quick check of John Jules here. Uh, he went to Blackpool. And there was big things kind of expected of him to do well, but he's not scored in, in any of the games he's played. I think his future for Arsenal, Arsenal-wise, is going to be out of things. He's not in the squad at the moment. He could be recalled and maybe be sent on loan once again. And then the last one to check is Nikolai Moller, who obviously went to Victoria Koln in Germany. Uh, let's have a look. <laughs> they don't even come up on my screen. Oh, that's really annoying. I'm going to type that name in again. Nikolai Moller. Let's have a quick check on his future. Uh, he is still not scored for Victoria Köln in the league. He has scored in the Landers Pokal Mittelrhein. Uh, uh, he scored in a 7-1 win twice uh, over Untersech, Unterrechtstein. 7-1, nice. But other than that, uh, he's not scored, and now he's only coming off the bench. I think he'll probably stay with them until the end of the season, but his future at Arsenal probably will be coming back and playing in the youth team next season, so I doubt it. Uh, so there you go. Um, let's scroll down a bit more. Kevin, would you prefer to see two loans in January and more spent in the summer? It depends on who the loans are, Kevin. If they're loans for good players, then yes. If they're loans for bad players, then no. It depends on who we sign. Um 
Tulip says, our top scorer is Emil Smith-Rowe and he can't get into the first 11. That's some competition and progression players and Arteta are making. Matt Thornton says, do you feel Thomas Partey has finally arrived? No, because he's just left. <laughs> um, but yes, he has been much better than he has been in the past. Andy Hunter says, would you give Artecas an extension at the end of the season if we finish, if we finish fourth, then absolutely. If we finish fourth in the table, I would give him an extension. If we finish in the top six, I would say... Let's go ahead with another season. Let's see where we're kind of at and then see where we are towards the end. I think make a decision then. If we finish fourth, I don't see why he hasn't earned a new contract. I have no idea why he wouldn't have earned a new contract if we finished fourth because to argue against that would be maddening. You would have to have some hell of a kind of hatred towards Arteta and a real stick up your ass <laughs> to not <laughs> agree with that. That would be ridiculous. Getting Arsenal into the top four right now when everything is as it is, would be ridiculous. But I wouldn't give it to him if it was top six because I think we need to prove that progression for another season. But top four is an unbelievable achievement. Um, what's the chances of Aubameyang to Newcastle, Eric? 50-50. Uh, I mean, the report is from the Mirror that they are looking at a loan with an option to buy of £20 million. It's, it's again, it's one of those 50-50 stories. I don't know whether or not it will come true. There is sure to be interest from Newcastle, but whether or not that actually materializes into anything concrete we'll have to wait and see uh yes i would absolutely agree with you drew genie vinealdum and jovic on loan would be a really good window if we can get some players out as well i mean we need to think about the players that we're going to let go of the players we need to send on loan if we can do all of that great bit of business being done this window uh, Ian says tom by the way we actually made a history last match the first premier league team to get 100 red cards pure insanity <laughs> I saw someone say there needs to be an investigation into apparently like there needs to be an inquiry in Arsenal getting a hundred red cards. It's just part of the game. Like Arsenal have always been a team. I've always been a team that have been known for getting red cards for a long, long time under every manager we've had under the last three managers we've had, we've been known for getting red cards. It's not new. It's something that we're known for. And it, I doubt it will change. Uh, we have a reputation and it is just how it is. And unfortunately that, that will lead into other, but we keep signing players like Xhaka that are now known for it. And I mean, Gabriel is now going to be marked for it because he's being sent off on a number of, he's sent off against Southampton, been sent off today. That's two reds in two seasons. It's, you know, it's unfortunately we find ourselves kind of branded in a way with this reputation because we put ourselves in this situation. We make silly decisions and, we need to stop signing players that have this. Gabriel is an exception because he's very, very good, but he does need to have this edge kind of coached out of him in a sense. You can have an edge in a healthy way. Gabriel has a bit of immaturity to his game and that cost him yesterday. I know that the first yellow wasn't his fault. I know that. But when you're on a yellow, you can't do what he did to Gabriel. Jesus, you just can't. You just can't do that. Um Manu says, you know who doesn't get sent off? Super Tommy Asu. Absolutely. Uh, Tulip says, what is the situation of non-English players quota and how many more can we still sign? As far as I'm aware, you're allowed 17 non-homegrown players. I did a whole show about this, I should remember, but I'm pretty sure you're allowed 17 non-homegrown players. So you need at least eight. So in the Arsenal first team right now, and that doesn't, by the way, include players that are under the age of 21. So... Our 17 non-homegrowns are Leno. We might have less, to be fair. Leno, Tierney, Gabriel, Cedric, Tomiyasu, Tavares. I think he has to count because he's 21. Um, maybe not, though. 
I think he probably still counts. Tavares, Marie, Kalasanach, Partey, Erdegaard, that's 10. Lukonga, again, he was 21, now 22, so I think he still counts. Um, Elneny, Xhaka, that's 13. Lacazette, Abamyang, Pepe, and that's it. We only have 16. So we're actually underneath the quota at the moment, and Martinelli and Saliba will both become um, homegrown players from next season. So we don't have to worry about those two. They will both become non-homegrown. But uh, yeah, we've still got room for one non-homegrown player. Another one we'd have to get rid of, but Kalasanach is probably going to go. Um, who else is probably going to go that's non-homegrown in the current Arsenal team? El Nenny's not going to be around by the summer. Uh, Marie could be going. Cedric could go. So yeah, I th- Leno could go. I think we'll be fine. There's, I don't think there's anything to be worried about because of homegrown quotas with Arsenal right now, which is good because we were worried about it last summer. Uh, Living Legends uh, says, which midfielder are you uh, more optimistic about us signing? I mean, from the, I mean, the 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 noises of Gimaraish make me positive, but to be honest, I I, I don't I don't think I can sit here on the second of January and say I'm confident about any specific midfielder joining the club this winter. Uh, it's so early. We're still going to wait and see where things change. We're still waiting for the players to leave for AFCON. That happens today. I think the players will leave. Uh, we're still waiting to find out if players will leave in terms of, as we just talked about, the likes of Klasnach, El Nenis, you, um, who else could go? Your Cedrics. Like players could still move on in January. So we're going to have to wait and see and, uh, and move from there. Oh, look, it's a Sado in the chat box. Let's get rid of you. Um, Tom says they are they are homegrown now. Well, they'll be homegrown at the start of the season, Dave. Um, they will count towards Arsenal's homegrown quota. At the moment, they don't count towards anything because they're under the age of 21. But they would have spent three years with a Premier League or English club. So Saliba and Gabriel Martinelli will count towards our homegrown. Well, it doesn't even count towards anything. The only thing that counts towards something is players who are non-homegrown, which Martinelli and Saliba won't be. Um, Sam says, we don't sign superstars. We grow them and cook them here at Arsenal. Mikel Wenger. <laughs> uh, thanks for the uh, donation, mate. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Jonathan, who says, should we be worried about Saka and Martinelli's future? I'm quite sure many teams have been attracted by their recent performances. Uh, I wouldn't be right now. I think that they're both playing. I think they've got contracts until at least 2024. I wouldn't be worried about their long-term futures, Jonathan. Not at all. Anyway, uh, let's see. Let's end the show with this comment from Edwin. Tom, best heart I have seen from Arsenal in a long time. They all can hold their heads high. Great way to finish the show. I couldn't agree with you more, Edwin. Really good performance yesterday. Horrible result. Unfortunately, let down by a couple of decisions, as we know. But I'm excited, as I say, to go on to the next game. I'm hoping to bring you another show, maybe today. It might not be, because I am busy in the evening. And I'm really annoyed as well, because I say I'm really annoyed. It's because of my own making. I'm not going to be in the Arsenal lounge tomorrow either, which I'm a bit gutted about. But I am busy again in the evening. I'm hoping to bring you some tactical breakdowns on players that we're linked with in the coming days and weeks as we go through the window. So make sure you subscribe to get all that content. I'll be back tomorrow morning, as usual, for the next 8 a.m. show. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always, always is. Drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. 
Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.